As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. The way I was being used, I felt like I was, you know, Doc was trying to play me as like a a Ray Allen or like a J.J. Mm -hmm. Redding, like all pin downs, all like... I can do game. it, but that ain't my game, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I need some flow. I need some mixes of, of pick and rolls. I need some post-ups. All that. Just different touches, you know what I mean? And so it, it, it was just, you know, that last season was just hard. Bruh. New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? Dang. With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writers. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. I'm telling you, man, I would whip Floyd Mayweather's ass. (laughs) Welcome to the BasketBuds edition of the Athletic NBA Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. Coming up on today's show, I don't know, we're almost at the NBA season, right? Like, we got stuff going on. We got Russ, we got Harden, we've got, uh, we've got hope, we've got grief, we've got a lot of stuff to get to, and we're going to start off with... Trevon Edwards, we got Dave DeFour, we got Jay King, we got Wozniak Lambre, we got Jade Hoy pushing buttons, and join us this week, our special guest, our friend, NBA insider Tom Haberstroh, who knows a thing or two about podcasting. Tom, welcome to the show. What podcast do you have for us? Oh, wow. Zach, what a great question. Um, this is, this is, I'm trying to think like, is it Chris Paul throwing the alley-oop to Tyson Chandler? Mm, is that what, it, I'm trying to think of a throwback like. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm relaunching my podcast, uh, the Haber Show podcast. And, uh, um, I'm just basically going all over the world. I'm touring the country right now Got to. and trying to open for as many acts as possible. And there is no bigger act than the, than the basket buds. The basket buds so, right here on, on the old athletic, uh, podcast network. So that's exciting. So when when does it all it's kick back off? Very kind of Tom to say, but my paycheck would not reflect that. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, when where can I would assume that you could only find this podcast in just a small amount of places, or is that a wrong <laughs> assumption? Oh, that's a that's a terrible assumption on your part. What else is new, Zach? Oh, um, uh, the podcast is going to be wherever you listen to podcasts. I don't know why people do that anymore. Cause I feel like there's only a few podcasts that you're like, um, you can only listen at this place, but you kind of have to go through the motions and say, 
oh, it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. Like people never go on the radio and they're like, hey, um, uh, I, wrote, I wrote a book and you can find it at all bookstores uh, at, at everywhere. I think they kind of do. Any and all booksellers or I, th- I think that's a thing. I mean, they say it, but you're, you're also that, like, right. well, you don't want to implicitly yeah. endorse one app or ecosystem because, you know, you can't have the Android and Apple people mad at you. Yeah, I, you I don't, don't want that. The, I don't mind if the Android people are mad at me. Well, they ought to be. I mean, their lives yeah. are frustrating. Yeah, I do it all for the BlackBerry folks. <laughs> so just Mark Stein. <laughs> TBB. Just Mark Stein. Okay. Hey, speaking of Mark Stein, guys. Turns out we got some news coming out of uh, out of Houston as we're starting to record this on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, some of that's been reported and relayed by Mark Stein, some of it by Tim McMahon, some of it just by the press conference in general for the Houston Rockets. James Harden not able to practice with the team on Sunday. He's expected to have an individual workout. And Waz, this is interesting for several several reasons, but one of them is there, you know... Just some thoughts about whether James wants to be there and maybe what he was doing instead of making sure he was he was there in time to get tested because it's 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 COVID protocol for why. And, it, and it, I don't think that means that he hasn't necessarily just that you have to be there in a certain amount of time to test and make sure you're in the clear before you can join those group workouts. And Waz, that didn't so much happen with James Harden. Yeah, you know, the reports came out. We all read the reports that said James Harden is kind of over being in Houston. He feels like the franchise is now rudderless. There's nothing more to do. He wants to join his pal KD in Brooklyn if, you know, if he if he had his dream scenario. And, you know, that's generally when you're <laughs> when you're mad about your job, you don't show up on time. You don't stay later than you need to. You you're kind of short with people. You don't even say good morning when you walk in. That's that's all James Harden is doing right now. He's he's upset, so he didn't show up on time. That's all. Uh, Tom, are you concerned about this Rockets franchise just in the sense of like them having a successful season? And by successful, I just mean not being a disaster and getting into the playoffs and being like, okay. I'm selling all of the stock, <sighs> all of the stock on the Rockets. Um, I do think that uh, it was it RPM that had them as like a top four team in the Western Conference in the projections. I don't Anyone know. V- Anyone know. vouch for that? Anyway, they're, they're projection systems that have like Houston as a top four team in the Western Conference. I'm selling all of that stock. And Are they using I, Prime Boogie and Prime John Wall in those calculations? <laughs> they're using Christian Wood, which he's now on his seventh team, I think, in the last six months. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he was just starting to learn how to play defense last year. Right. And and when what does it tell you when the Charlotte Hornets bailed, the New Orleans Pelicans bailed, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks bailed, the Detroit Pistons, who had every incentive to take this star, this diamond in the rough that they had nurtured and blossomed into their program and be like, hey, look at what our player development staff has done and our organization has done. Let's sign this guy up long, long term. And they're like, no, 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 you guys can have him. Um and then you throw in DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall coming off an Achilles, uh, James Harden, who's very upset, a first-year head coach. I love Steven Silas, but when you're dealing with all the egos on this team and all the people who have to re- uh, reclaim some of their status, their previous status in the NBA, that is not something you want to throw at a, a first-year head coach. And he has subbed in in Charlotte when um, Steve Clifford was sidelined, but this is a whole nother animal. And with Houston, it kind of – crystallizes a theory of mine going into this season. You guys ready for this? Yes. Ready. 
I'm not ready. Shoot me. I, <laughs> Jay, you're, you're not most. ready for this bomb that's about to hit. <laughs> um, it's a very, very lame take. Um, but here it is. I think players with families are going to be at an advantage this season. Ooh. Okay. Because it's easier, yeah, here was, gonna... it's easier to stay home. Here was a chuckle back there. <laughs> well, well because automatically I'm skeptical that a wife and kids is going to make you better. But go ahead. Um, my theory is, <laughs> I guess family is a very loose term I'm using here. Uh, what I, sh- I should be a little bit more specific. Someone who has like a nuclear family in this a household with, uh, I don't know, a People around them constantly. Stability, right? I feel like those people are going to have an easier time getting through an NBA season with the protocols that are basically saying like you can't do anything socially for this entire season. Um, That's going to be a whole lot easier. So like the James Hardens of the world or John Walls or Lou Williams or whatever like player you want to say is is single and enjoying it. Um, that is that is going to be a disadvantage for NBA teams. And I'm looking at the Houston Rockets and seeing James Harden not reporting to camp, and I'm just saying to myself, like, is this being talked about enough is just the idea of, like, the, the guys who go uh, what I was when I was in college or what have you. I, I would want to say I would be a very bad listener to rules. I would not be good at listening to rules that say, hey, stop being uh, a socialite and going out and, and hanging out with, with people. I have a really hard time following those rules. And for NBA players who have like that nucleus at home that they can, they don't have, they don't feel the need to go out and socialize. I feel like they're going to be at an advantage this season. And therefore their team is going to be at an advantage. Couldn't that go the other way too, though? The guys who are normally going out and partying and doing things that are probably bad for their on court product Ooh. are now going to be trapped inside and, mm. and not able to do all that stuff that limited their play before. Uh, well, Jay, here, Jay, when they, where it is a will, yeah, yeah, we right. Yeah, I don't think I don't think access is going to be an issue here. Um, I do think I do. I mean, weed, the, weed is is free now. Yeah. No testing. No so and the PS Five just came out. Stay at home, smoke some it's weed. It's going to be it's going to be some great hot boxing. <laughs> Wait, Trey, weed is hot free or it's just legal? Well, it's not what, free, but it's 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 it's, it's test free. There we go. Certainly, it's, it's free. I mean, when you're a millionaire, it's considered free in this standpoint because it's a limited budget for that stuff. Yeah. But, you know. Um, all right. So Steven Silas was asked about James Harden's commitment to the Rockets, and he gave the answer like he pretty much has to give. But he said that's a question you're going to have to ask him when he gets here. <laughs> Steven Silas has already had enough, man. That's, yeah, that's I mean, dad. I think I, that's Coach Dad. Here's my guess. Right my guess is he's he's just not Dave. He's not interested in answering these kind of questions right Right. now he kind of has to um in some way but uh my guess is like he just wants to keep it about the basketball and until he can do that like you deflect right because also like what can he say that like yeah of course he's committed like you don't like we he can't say that he can't come out and say like no he's not committed at all look he's not here what are you talking about like he's got to just kind of deflect right well if he doesn't then he's given up you know like and then james harden's even more aggrieved and I, I thought that the best thing he did was he he pointed out that he had an individual workout tonight. So literally, he did pass the buck. And now, you know, eventually, I guess James is going to have to show up to practice. I, none of us think that he's actually going to hold out, right? No, no, no. no I think, holdouts don't have. I think no. PJ Tucker. No. So PJ Tucker still isn't there, which you know, no one. He paying also attention supposedly to. has a workout tonight, right? 
an and individual so workout. Yeah. I, I'm wondering like how much of this is all right, well, let's drag our feet so that we can put, you know, the the coach and the, the front office and the owner to the fire for a couple of extra days. It might be you know it might gonna, be genius. You know what's gonna be funny is when this comes out Monday morning, right? This podcast, and we have no idea that neither of those guys showed up. That's what's going to be funny is that neither of those, neither of those guys made their 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 Sunday night work. Nah, they'll but. they'll be there. They'll be there. I think more so the importance right now for James is just you know he, he prioritized little baby's birthday party over the team, yeah, and it just shows where he is. But he also is a walking thirty regardless. So you're gonna. It's not like he's just going to really pack it in. Well, he's yeah, Trey, So that's that's what I was about to say is that James Harden has basically never played on a bad team. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like he's yeah. never played on a team that doesn't at the very least make the playoffs. But, so but was hold on real quick. He's always I had this argument with some Rockets fans on Twitter who uh, surprisingly not handling this well. And and they well, he's made he's made the playoffs every single year. You don't think he's going to make the playoffs. I was like, he's been bought in all those years in Houston. He's not bought in anymore. So, like, I think he can still get his numbers. But I think there's going to be a big difference in trying to figure out, is he getting his numbers or is he getting his numbers and contributing to the team concept, but, right? But he was bought into exactly the role he wanted. So it, it's not like it took a lot to get him to buy into being the ISO guy, the I'm driving everything for this offense guy. That's that's everything he wanted. It's not like he bought in as much as they built their system to – be exactly what he wanted from them. But it's not going to so change. so I'm not sure. Though. Yeah, well, now they want him to change, I, and that's where, do they? That's where the I, issue could be. I'm not sure that be. they, even if they want him to change, they got three weeks of, of some sort of weird training camp to try to implement a whole new offense, and they didn't really change a lot of the parts. You know, they, they added Christian Wood, who, as we just talked about, is he any good or not? I don't think that they can go away from what they've been doing. It's just too too short of a turnaround. Hey, I just think when John you, Wall look- has spoken to to James Harden from Jonathan Fagan, Fagan, uh, that Harden for sure wants to be in Houston. Okay, there you go. John Wall got it on good authority. There you go. You know what I mean? They both want to be ready. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Make it happen. <laughs> And they so got the it, new threads, man. The the the, the Oiler theme. So there you go. The rock the Rockets are done, man. <laughs> Does that they were done before for the Russ asked out. They're still done now, whether Harden shows up or not. Their their time has come to an end. At some point, they're going to have to trade Harden. Yeah, he's he's getting moved this year. Like I just I find it impossible to believe that he's not. So getting moved is there the is there a is there a Harden Giannis Antetokounmpo swap? A trade deadline. No, well, Giannis, if, has, if, if, Giannis hasn't. Well, I'm just saying, if Giannis doesn't uh, sign, probably no. By, no, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks will ride that into the sunset. Like I think the nah, Bucks will just be like, man, oh, we, not, we can re-sign him. I'm not trading Giannis for James yeah. Harden. That's just that would be funny though. That's I actually, I kind of wish that would happen. <laughs> I really do, Tom. That would In, be Giannis for James Harden would be. It would just be because I it would remind me, Tom, it would remind me of when the Rockets traded for Russell Westbrook and all of a sudden they had, you know, Rockets fans had to pretend they love Russell Westbrook. And so both both franchises having to now pretend that they like the other guy. Oh, it'd be, it would be, it'd be a disaster. It'd be a disaster. I mean, um, I, I, I would say James Harden and 
Giannis uh, trade would be kind of like the opposite of the Wizards Houston trade where like they both wanted out and they got into new situations they kind of have to make right. I think if they both got swapped, like Giannis for James Harden, they'd both want to immediately get traded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's like we're unhappy where we are or we don't want to be where we are long term. And then you send me somewhere where I'm like, I'm also not happy here. So I think in poor Steven Silas, when you're looking at uh, the situation uh, that he signed on to, and maybe he knew that this was going to be a combustible situation. I mean, you kind of have to imagine, right? Um, but he's got to make sure to revitalize John Wall's career. Um, Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins, like they all have to be happy around the most ball dominant MVP in the league. Does Boogie, hold on, does Boogie need to be happy? My dog or the player? <laughs> the player. I mean, oh, you know, okay. like uh, it, this is, I mean, this is a guy they could easily just cut if he's not any good. I, I don't know if Boogie should be factored. Maybe he will factor in, but I don't necessarily I don't think, think he, he should. I don't think he has that. I don't think he has that leeway yeah. yet. Yeah, I think that if he yet. comes out and he's balling, then, then maybe, maybe he starts building up that kind of, you know, uh, I guess leverage within the team concept. Uh-huh. But, but I, th- I mean, I think Christian Wood's going to be the main right. thing for them anyway. So, yeah, that's my expectation. Or Stephen Silas, man, it's, it's a rough man. That's a rough job. Yeah, it sucks. He he finally got a head coaching job after deserving one for a while, and then walks in. It's like Russ wanted out. Harden may still want out. Here's John Wall who hasn't played in two years and is even in his prime was like tough to coach around because of the limitations there. You got cousins coming back <laughs> after some time away like that. And, and the whole he's roster got is guys for who probably won't be there long term. I was just about to say, he's got the ultimate handcuff there. And, and the thing is, if they somehow succeed, it's all James Harden. And if they don't, sil- oh, well, you know. Why did it take him so Wait, long but, to get a job? But what is of that, course. But Dave, what does that mean if they succeed? See, because like, that's they're not the thing, title right? contenders. No, no, no. They're they're like hoping to make the playoffs, I think, if you look at, at what they've done, right? Like they've got worse. Because I, I think realistic one best spot. case scenario for, I think realistic best case scenario for them is they trade for Ben Simmons. Is a, a James Harden Ben Simmons swap with whatever other pieces included. But like that seems like the best outcome possible for this situation. Uh, by the deadline just because you'd get a really damn uh, good right. player in return who's younger and and you can try to figure out how to build around. Yeah, of the realistic options. You know, yeah. I, like Brooklyn just I, – I'm sure I'm not alone here. Just doesn't seem like that's a realistic spot at all. I I mean, I don't know. Like guys can – guys have forced their, their way to – I mean, like Jimmy Butler wanted to go to Miami. They had zero – cap space all they had was josh richardson and hassan whiteside to trade but you had the sign and they, and trade, like, and they got yeah. him like i think you the, know like i think if a guy wants to go there he'll figure out a way yeah the two years left on the contract i mean if if we're ta- having the same conversation next summer okay i totally get it i just i just don't think the rockets need to move him right now he's not like he's gonna lose value i, I just think he ride it out and hope you make the playoffs you know, Tillman wants and that revenue. The, the, the Drew Holiday yeah. thing is is what throws a monkey wrench in it for me because it's like if the the I was about to call them the Hornets if the Pelicans can get all that they got for Drew Holiday, I don't see why I should be settling for Spencer Dinwiddie and some paper clips. I don't like. I don't understand. And that. Spencer Dinwiddie um, can opt out next summer. Exactly, and so no, but you're also getting Levert. You'd be getting Jared Allen. You'd be getting. Picks, and Levert's like, 27? 
I think, and, and can be a free good. agent after next year. Yeah, I mean, year, you're, so. you're gonna have to resign dudes, yeah. but whatever. And then you throw big money I, at them to keep. I think I think Brooklyn has enough to get the deal done. It's just whether they want to. Uh, I think they have some leverage here because they already have Kyrie, they already have Kevin Durant, they already have like a team that can contend in the Eastern Conference if everything goes well. And so if you're Brooklyn, you're like, all right, if your asking price starts to come down, we don't have to give up all of our assets. Um, then we can talk Turkey. But if you're Houston, they should give up every asset. I mean, I think I think the issue though with that, Tom, is that. There will be other other suitors, right? Like once like once Daryl like, Morey says, like, "Hey, well, what about Ben Simmons?" Now, if you're Brooklyn, like, you got to give up a lot, right? Right? Because you're not because you can't match a Ben Simmons offer. You can't. Um, so you know, if I'm Brooklyn, um, I can understand that you're you're trying to build some leverage here as we get into training camp, and if James Harden is going to create that much of a, a circus of just like not not returning to camp and having the coach basically call you out in public, your rookie head coach, how long can that last before, you know, Houston just says, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna trade him for sixty cents on the dollar. Right. And and so that's where Brooklyn's like, all right, yeah, let's 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 go. Yeah, um, they, I mean they said Houston said they were fine being uncomfortable, but it's already very uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Like it's day one. It's it's pretty damn uncomfortable. And so now, you know, whose whose metal gets tested the most here uh, may determine just how quickly, but I mean, J- uh, like James being, you know, locked up for a few more years, you know, Dave, you're right. Like it does, it doesn't create a timeline unless that discomfort, that awkwardness right. just becomes overwhelming. Then I think that timeline actually really yeah. exists and really gets a lot well, shorter. But back to Waz's Drew Holiday point, if they did move now, they could ask for a ton from, sure. you know, I mean, oh, and they, they would expect to get it. You would have to. I mean, it's James, it's James Harden. Harden. Have, yeah, you have, you would have to. Like, You'd have to. Expect. The Warriors called about him. You know, like yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I, I wonder if um, I wonder if Kyrie Irving will like release an email statement about this whole situation if they get James Harden. Or will he come to the <laughs> podium and talk? Uh, Waz, I know you've got some thoughts on this. I had some thoughts on this as well. I don't know that our thoughts went over all that well. On no, uh, on didn't. you know player empowerment. Twitter. One guy said that I need to be stepped to. Like uh, essentially, <laughs> somebody needs to beat me up physically. So here's because the th- I insinuated that Kyrie Irving is unprofessional. This is what I think happened, right? I think a lot of people learned that media obligations are actually part of the job. <laughs> yes, and then their and then their argument was, yeah, but still, right. Yeah, like, I think that's what it's happened always, the other it's day. It's always going to be yeah, but still, right? Nobody yeah. <laughs> ever gets it until they actually have to be on this side, right? And I think I think Brian Windhorse maybe said something on a podcast or on TV. I don't know. I just saw like an aggregation of an aggregation, 
Um, and I was too lazy to actually go do my homework this before doing this podcast. Quite. But it was, but it was that, <laughs> it was that that Kyrie Irving is going to do a, a media blackout all season. Now, I don't think that's the case. I don't want to no go against Brian's oh potential in reporting York, in here. New York. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's also like the league isn't like this team is on national TV a bunch, Tom. Like this isn't. That's not how the league is going to. Like the the you know the league can force the team or can you know influence the team to find him. Like there's all this stuff that can happen. I'm fine with him proving a point on some level, but also like it's part of your job. Just go do your job. Guys, you don't have to say anything, the... by the way. You could you could just give both us. Both teams like, played hard. Both teams played hard. Like Rasheed Wallace, this thing, man. Guys, oh, are we not man. realizing that we just saw this happen with Kevin Durant with the Warriors? And they're on the same team now. Yeah. Oh, that's where you got it from. It's New York is going to be so fun. Those guys are going to get chewed. Like, the only alive. other superstar that did a, I am going on a media ban. I am now no longer taking questions from the media. I'm a star and they want questions. I'm not going to answer them. Is one of his teammates, his new teammates that's supposed to, they're, they're supposed to be kumbaya and everything's going to be great. And they're going to share the ball. And it's going to be great. I, I just, I look at this Brooklyn Nets situation and last year they were my biggest sell, like, hammer the under on whatever wins were on on the Brooklyn Nets and I'm saying the same thing this year too. I just Whoa. there's so much here that it looks like all the 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 deepest insecurities about what Kyrie Irving brings to a basketball team is already happening. And that's without even talking I, about the fact that Kevin Durant's coming off an Achilles tear. Right. It, it says a, a lot that, about it, Go ahead. It Jay. says a lot about Kyrie that my initial thought was you know what? This might actually help the Nets if he goes into, <laughs> he never into hiding and never never speaks. Because, I mean, throw away the, the fact that it's a terrible look for him and the fact that like it's part of his job to speak to the media. And as a media guy, I always want players to speak as much as possible. But he just says disruptive things all the time. And he can't get out of his own way. And so th- this is basically him saying... I can't trust myself for five minutes a day, five minutes a day, just to not say anything stupid. That's it. All he has to do is stand up and say, you know what? I like Jared Allen. I'm a big fan of Kevin Durant. Our coaching staff is doing a good job. That's it. But he can't. He can't trust himself to do that. And he thinks, you know, obviously he's had a a long history of of beefing with with the media. It's just... It shows a lot about him. That that was my first thought. I was like, you know what? This 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 could really help the Nets that Kyrie won't say anything fucking nuts. Here's, let, here's the thing, Jake. Um, it's two it's a couple of things for me. First of all, and and I'm never the person that's counting people's money. I'm not I don't I'm not somebody whose hand is in people's pockets like, yo, you're making this amount of money. But the bottom line is you signed a contract for $150 million, right? The league didn't get to a point where guys are able to sign those contracts because superstars who are as popular and as important to the league as Kyrie were behaving like he was. If everybody was a complete and utter dick to media, y'all would never be in a position to sign those kinds of deals. And so that's one thing that's kind of annoying me about Kyrie. It's like it's it's an ignorance of reality. Like you don't become popular by being a dick to everybody. It's bad for publicly. business. It's bad for business. Mm-hmm. That's I might, one. I, now, might, I might disagree on that now, one. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Now hold on. Let, let me let me ask you guys a question because I I've tried to think about this from both both sides. Do you guys put any thought to the idea that Kyrie is just extra upset because of the way he was treated in the run up to the bubble? Remember, the, oh, I'm sure this he guy is. was I'm, I'm dragged sure. look, look, for yeah. for reasonable concerns. And and I just you know, I just kind of want to treat him a little bit like a human being here instead of no, Kyrie no, no, Irving. Dave, but- first of all, that's bullshit because <laughs> if you talk to anybody who talks to anybody, Kyrie has no credibility amongst his peers. His but peers don't respect on, no, him. But he's a I'm sorry, he's a player union VP. Everybody knows nobody wanted that job, Dave. Stop. But they, they also that's have like not a job EPs, that people yeah. campaigned for. That's not a job that people's like, oh, I'm lining up to be that. Nobody wanted that job. And again, it was well sourced mm-hmm. at the time when Kyrie did his little fucking bubble coup. Players were like, yo, what's up with this dude? Reporters reported they talked to players who were, he has no credibility right, amongst right, right. his what, own but, peers. But, but was what maybe Dave's point is is maybe Kyrie is feeling a certain way about the media, even if it's misplaced. Right? That he's a- absolutely he's he's lashing out to the media when really he's just mad about his place among his stature among players and among media or whatever. I mean, obviously, a lot of this has to do with the Woj article about like Kyrie the disruptor, right? Right. right. Um, I like I think there is a lot to what Waz is saying. I also think there is plenty to what to what Dave's saying. Like Kyrie brought up good points mm-hmm. now he's maybe not the messenger to bring up those points absolutely but he he brought up a lot of good points he did a lot of good stuff you know did good stuff for the WNBA players who opted out he like he did a lot of good and it was mostly just focused on the disruptor part now my thought on that would be well maybe you need to look at why people have this perception of you right and it doesn't negate the good you do but maybe you need to do a little bit more to repair that image. But why? People have been kissing your ass your whole life. Why would right, you do that? Well, no, but that's the thing, right? Is like if if you want to if you want to repair that image, then you can you can do the work to do that by by speaking to media, by doing um, you know, plenty of, of hit and and look, I don't give a fuck if Kyrie Irving talks to me. Like, That's like, I, like, I, like <laughs> it does not it doesn't affect me in any way what it affects is like the local beat writers yep. right the people who cover that team that's who need that oh i don't think people understand i don't think the casual fan understands that like all of this stuff is pr and publicity and press for the league like every bit of of reporting every bit of beat writing every bit of national coverage it's all there to drum up interest in some way to make you either watch the local broadcast, which they can get ratings, and then go negotiate local TV contracts that bring in money for the team, or help boost national interest that then brings you to nationally televised games, which, by the way, the Nets have a fuckload of them this year, and and go into that and boost ratings, and then the league gets another big chunk. Or maybe you decide, you you know, in a normal time, you really like this team because of the stuff you've you've consumed on them. You're excited about them. So now you're going to go to a game, right? Like there's all these different tiers of where that interest could generate. Now him, one player not talking on media day is not going to submarine the whole system at all, right? Like it's exactly. not like, oh, Kyrie Irving didn't talk. There goes the money. But the point is, is that the league cannot let star players look at what Kyrie Irving did and say, ooh, yeah, we're all going to do this because then that fucks with the money, and that's the number one rule in everything. It's bad, it's bad don't fuck for with business. the money. Yeah, right. exactly, Trey. Yes. bad for But business. they also don't understand 
that these stories helps the, just the business. It's just the same. So it's kind of like they right. both need to coexist. Yeah, it's, it's so a, those it's crazy a headlines yeah. lure in the consumer. Well, nobody wins, yes. right? That's I, the thing. I don't think – I think it's a bad look for somebody as important to the league as Kyrie to be skirting his responsibilities and basically thumbing his nose at the established norm. Like it's literally negotiated into your fucking well, deal. Well, it's just not him either, though. It's you know you got guys like Draymond Green, you got other people that's just kind of very vocal at the moment, and it's really never been an issue to this day. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, it, do you think it's weird because media is on social media? Dog, it's a form of media. What are we talking about right, right now? Right. Like, well, but I think it, I think what the problem here really is also is. When Kyrie Irving takes a last second shot and doesn't pass to Kevin Durant, who is wide open, and then skirts the media, who does that fall on to? When, when he doesn't talk, who's going to be Jared mad? Jared Allen. Joe Harris. Exactly. Jared Allen. It's, it's <laughs> Harris LeVert, Dinwiddie. Kevin Durant. Like all, the, all these Harden. people who have to Chris answer Johnson. the questions that are supposed to go to Kyrie, but he's not. He's jumping out, out and, and leaving the locker room early. Like that stuff – Matters like that, that of course. The, the locker room is going to get fractured because after these games, it, it, you no, can say the, the it locker now. room will get more fractured if he talks. Jay with Jay I've with the Boston PTSD. Um, and another thing that that kind of triggered me, too, is Ben Simmons, who's essentially a mute. <laughs> he don't do media like that. He does his obligation. He kind of moves on with life. He's. He's not out there. He shows up the first day of camp. Everybody, it's an open secret that him and uh, Joel Embiid aren't exactly like Brown and AD and having Taco Tuesdays together. And he comes out and he says, nah, me and Joe are going to get an apartment together. Yeah. I'm joking. Joe's a great player. We want to win. We're going to work hard. Move on with my day. Ben Simmons, a young guy. He's not a 10-year vet like Kyrie. He's a young guy. And he doesn't even talk. And he was able to easily just do this shit. I wonder if... And Kyrie's like, COVID-19 has made it so that I'll never talk to the media again. What the... Well, again, I don't think think this is a permanent (laughs) plan for Kyrie. I think he... I kind of, you know, funny enough, I think he just kind of wanted to disrupt things for a little bit. So he was Kyrie the disruptor, (laughs) oddly enough. But I don't, like, I, I just think that, man, I, I wonder, like, what Nets PR's day must have been like as soon as that email came out. Like that must have been a nightmare. Not fun. And the not casual fun. again, the casual fan's not going to give a shit. The casual fan yeah. probably doesn't like sports media. Like that's just how it goes. Because unless you're unless you're pumping up their team, like oh, you're you got an agenda against them and all this stuff. Like that's that's a large perception of a of a casual fan because that's just a perception of media mm-hmm. in general, right? As like there's an agenda, which you know, yeah, sometimes there is. <laughs> sometimes there absolutely <laughs> is an agenda. <laughs> So to peel back the curtain a little bit is when a reporter has a like a scoop on locker room drama, the reporter is going to try to confirm it with the parties involved and be like, hey, the agent for Kyrie or Kyrie himself or Kyrie's manager, uh, we're going to run this story next uh, uh, on Tuesday. Do you have any comment? And if Kyrie Irving is not going to comment and be like, yo, I'm not messing with you. Like, I'm not talking. That story runs on Tuesday and then he's going to get mad that it wasn't fair to him, like that he didn't get the right angle on the story or like he was, he didn't get the the real story. And it's like, that's why you want to talk to media. 
That's why you need to have an open conversation with reporters so you don't see a report in the in the uh in in whatever publication and be like mad about it. Like reporters are going to go and check in not because they want to like have an axe to grind against you. It's like, "Hey, we have this set of facts here. Do you have anything you want to comment or disagree with?" No. Yes. Oh, what do you what do, what do you think is the right angle here? Or what's what's your side of the story? Oh, maybe maybe we get this wrong. Like working with the media to get Pod, not positive spin, but just getting your viewpoint in there, that can work for you. And mm-hmm. so if you're going to be antagonizing a reporter and stonewalling them from having any sort of you know sourcing, that's not going to work for you. You're not going to be happy with what's being written there. And even worse, you had an opportunity to change what the, the story of record was and instead you decided to, to, to shy away from that. So I think for Kyrie, if he's upset by the way the media is portraying him, then I think he needs to not – uh, run away from the media. I think he actually needs to strengthen that relationship with reporters because that could be a really ugly situation. As reporters are feeling like, "Hey, if Kyrie's not going to talk to me, then guess what? This story's running." That's right. Yeah, like we're doing right now. Right. Right. He's got less, to talk more about him than we would have. Unless he's got a dope ass newsletter that he's ready to unleash on a daily <laughs> Substack. basis. He's going to be then, on Substack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Substack. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the times to do it, this is the weirdest one because right now you like. Reporters are going to have the least amount of access, and this is, you know, if things go back to normal ever, but you've got to sit in front of a freaking laptop for 15 minutes. It's not not that hard. You're, you can ignore questions. I mean, it's just I, I almost, talk around them. Dave, I almost you know how crazy it's going to be, Zach, though? Like thinking about after a bad game and he types it up on his iPhone and then sends it. <laughs> yeah, it does a note tap. And then they and look and they print it out and they say this is a statement from Kyrie. He does Kyrie it from his locker and shower. But here's the one thing, though. All right, so everything's going to be recorded, right? We're all we're yeah. all watching the Zooms after anyway. But, oh, fuck no. I'm not well, watching yeah, yeah. But, but the thing about it is there's still there, – there is – to a certain degree for the players, there still is the aggregation stuff that happens. Like Kyle Kuzma gives a really good answer to a question. I thought it was a good answer. It was a, it was a basketball answer and people took it out of context. I mean, someone tweeted it out of context and Kyle Kuzma gets dragged all over again on Twitter. He, you know, he left Twitter cause he got dragged rightfully the first time. And I think stuff like that, it, it gets lumped in with what reporters are doing every day instead of, you know, the players maybe being a little bit more educated on the difference. Like, I, do, do NBA players know, you know, the difference between an aggregation outlet and, you know, what the athletic does? I, I don't know that they should care, right? I know that there like, are some teams that actually, like, explain it to guys. Yeah. Like, there there are the sports talk radio guys. That's one thing. Right. They're the aggregators, the bleacher reports, whatever. That's That's another thing. Then there are the beat writers. That's another thing. Like I, I know some teams explain it to players, but I don't know if every player takes it to heart. And I know that Kyrie he blames the media, I think, for some of the stuff. But if you look at back at like his time in Boston and the stuff he blamed the media for, one was the video of him and Kevin Durant when there was talk about him teaming up with Kevin Durant. Well, that one came to fruition. <laughs> the, the, the other, the other was how. He was dividing the locker room because he was calling out the young guys all the time. Well, Jalen Brown came out and called him out. It's like, yeah, he was dividing the locker room. And it that's what he, the stuff he was mad about. And instead of looking at himself and being like, I could just say regular things. I don't have to say 
combative stuff with the media. I could just say cliches like a lot of these other guys, but he's never gone that route. He's never helped himself. And this is just another example of, of Kyrie making it tougher than it has to be. To that Man, point, I'm, though, I, I, I don't know that uh, regarding the aggregation, like I don't know that it should matter to players, the difference between that, because once you're getting dragged, you're getting dragged. Right. Right. Like I like it's if you care about the public perception, I don't know that you care necessarily that, hey, my my words were taken out of context. My words were aggregated in a weird way. I think it's just like, yo, these people I are disagree entirely, entirely I, as, as, a, know, as a beat man. writer, like my relationship with a player shouldn't change because the aggregators are saying this and that. Like I, I come at it a, a, a whole lot differently than somebody like that. For is going sure, to but I'm, like I'm saying if you're the, pl- I'm saying if you're the player though, if you're the player, once you're getting dragged, I don't know that you give a shit how it came about. I think you just care that you're getting dragged. I think that's a very human response. You're gonna want to defend yourself. You're gonna want like that's gonna be a natural reaction. But man, once you're getting dragged, like I don't know, I don't know if you give a fuck that like. Hoop 99 Central Legion or whatever the fuck the <laughs> aggregation side is. Like, I don't think you're going to care that they they got the aggregation wrong, right? Like, it's just that it's out there. It's got, you know, 10,000 retweets or whatever, and, and your mentions are, are terrible. And look, there are a lot of players that don't have issues with that because they're just, they're not saying crazy things all the time. It's the guys who say who can't can't get out of their own way that it really impacts and Kyrie is one of those guys like look at all the guys who have helped themselves even in this era of social media and aggregation there are a lot of guys that have enhanced their image have yeah. used all that to enhance their image and so are, are we Jay are we in too much in the journalism bubble here to understand that like Kyrie is a wildly popular player wow man popular. Tom people literally people offered to fight me <laughs> literally on the internet like i will fight you that's so, that's so you're funny. a coward you're a horrible person uh Kyrie lives rent free in your brain all of this shit i'm like yo fam like Feels this like man you- is skirting his duties like what are y'all talking about and so yeah i think you're right dude like he is immensely popular amongst a certain no, set man, of he's, people he's, he's got one of the most he's popular a bit of a cult leader he's got one of the most popular signature shoes we've we've seen yep that so shit he, moves yeah, whatever Kyrie owns, has done it's it, it worked yeah the kids right? like kids love him kids love him man. that's like, crazy man well it's because they're not teaching science he's, in school he's anymore the, <laughs> but he's the king <laughs> oh, here you go he's the king of jelly you know what i mean when you think right. about all that and then also to be back quote-unquote home in new york yeah. um you know he's he's going to be you know what i mean it depends like if how how the nets do this season yeah. It's going to be make or break. You know what I mean? And I couldn't imagine him being a Nick. I think the, the Nets is less pressure. Yeah. But um, it's just pretty much going to be make or break this season for him, whether he's beloved or, or ran out of town. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. From a guy that everyone wants to talk more to a guy that everyone wishes would stop talking, uh, Doc Rivers responded to some Paul George comments today. Uh, so obviously, Paul George went on. Uh, what did he? What was it? Was it all the smoke that he yeah, went on? Yeah, yeah, he went on all the smoke with um, with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, and um, and basically like made every excuse he could as to why. <laughs> Last season wasn't his fault and why things went poorly. And uh, and so, you know, he had mentioned that Doc Rivers was trying to use him like Ray Allen. I think uh, then Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer quickly pro- uh, dispelled that that idea that was like, no, actually. <laughs> it was you, like, well, actually. You actually you've never run so much pick and roll in your life. Like, <laughs> you've, you've, never, you've never done this much of this thing that wasn't Ray Allen and after Not like Seattle. Not only are you doing it at rates that is previous to your other seasons, you're doing it more. Oh, it was like Mari like, Povich. Yes. No, the lie detector determined that was a lie. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> you are the father. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I wouldn't mind. Wouldn't mind Kevin O'Connor being a new board I'm into that idea. Uh, and then, so Doc Rivers was asked about it on Sunday. This is from Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, Doc. Doc said this about you know the Paul George comments about the lack of adjustments and blowing the lead and everything uh, against the Nuggets. He said, "Hey, listen, I enjoyed coaching him, so not a lot to say there." Ty Lue was sitting right next to me, so he better hope it's not adjustments. It ain't going to be much different. Listen, we lost the game, and I think everybody needs to take ownership. Obviously, we can always do better. Players can play better. As far as I'm concerned, I'll leave it there. Wow. <laughs> did he just throw everyone under is the, the bus there? He, 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 he did, including himself. But see, Doc is exactly, exactly. Doc is the anti-Kyrie. He's like the fucking He's a Jedi when it comes to media relations. Oh, yeah. Slide and the mic in front of him and just sit and back. he's gonna get he's gonna get <laughs> oh, a he's message gonna play off, jazz, man. He's he, he's gonna get a message off, and yeah. he's like, look, bro, it's like it's if you want to blame it on me for you not making jump shots, <laughs> unless Ty Lue is your shooting coach, bro. Like <laughs> I don't know what the hell you talking about. It, it's fun, like it's. <laughs> it's funny to me because um I I think back to it was game seven, right? Game seven where it's that, that spot of him in a timeout where Doc is like Doc's begging his guys to play. He's begging them to reverse the course, right? And I think back to that and then I think to the to the you know the Paul George or the report about Paul George's speech in game seven or after game seven in the locker room of like, Hey, we got, we're in this together and everything. And people are rolling their eyes. And then Paul George's comments and everything. And look, I think doc, I think doc didn't do a great job 
of coaching this team, not getting them ready and motivated. They often look like it was just a, a, a squad playing pickup for the first time, but everyone's really good. Um, they, I think there's things that Doc could have done, but it, but I also look at like, if there's a point where you are begging your team in a game seven to play defense and play better, yeah, that shit's broken. That shit's broken all around. And I don't know, like, I think Doc's at fault. I think Paul George's at fault. I think I think Doc throwing everyone under the bus is right. Man, I, I look at this. I get, I get so, like, riled up over the whole blown 3-1 lead thing. I don't know where you guys stand on this, but it's like Doc Rivers and the Clippers won three games against the Denver Nuggets. Okay, they lost in seven games. They blew that series. It looks right. terrible. Hindsight 2020, like, of course Doc Rivers needs to be fired. I'm like, wait, but, like – it's not like every team was gangbusters in the bubble. Like this team was super loaded in terms of talent. They had new players coming in at the same time. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard with an already established culture in, in Doc Rivers and and Montrez Harrell, New Williams. Like, it's not like they combusted in the first round and they were out. Like, I I just think with Doc Rivers gets this Philly job and he's, he makes shots at, you know, Kawhi and Paul George and Ty Lue and the whole thing that happened out there. I'm kind of like, yeah, man. Yeah, like Kawhi and defend yourself, man. Yeah, sorry. Like it wasn't as bad. I I feel like people were rooting against the Clippers to fail because they were the Lakers' nemesis, and they're and it's L.A. and it's Kawhi and it's Paul George, and it's like a lot of big personalities there that are easy to root against in in that situation. But like, I mean, I just think it's overblown the the Clippers' demise. Like they, it's not that they they got swept in the first round, people. Tom, I don't think it's blown enough. I think we can blow it all night. <laughs> it's <laughs> underblown. I mean, Doc should have gone harder. Doc, yeah. Doc should have gone way harder. Doc should have called up Udonis Haslam. Like, Yo, you want to talk to these guys during this time out? I thought a- that this was pretty hard, Adjustments, motherfucker, though. you shot a wide open three off the backboard. You shot 39.8%. <laughs> he had more adjustments. Turno- he had how more about turnovers. having my stars show up He had more play. turnovers Come than on. made field goals, man. I've been thinking about seven. the adjustments, right? Because I mean, certainly there were changes to be made, but like the number Adjusted one thing trade was for the Lakers. Can can Paul George make a shot? That was the that was the adjustment they needed the whole time, and it was just like, yeah, there were certain certain advantages that maybe Doc could have made as a coach. But I mean, I, I just don't get how you can be like lack self aware awareness to that degree. Dave, don't forget, you know, he was dealing with – Paul George was dealing with two bad sh- – wait a minute. He got those fixed, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. They can't use that excuse anymore that he had bad shoulders. And, oh, man. I, I thought I had it. Well, no. Well, oh, that, and that but, he hasn't, but he hasn't played – he hasn't played pickup basketball in three months. Mm. That's he wants to retire. Right did he say he wants to retire a Clipper? Did I see that right? Yes, guess, he did guess, say that as well. I guess this is he the did. last year. He did before the playoffs, I thought. Yeah, so next oh, year <laughs> next year we'll hear about how he grew up a Kings fan. It's going to be great. Oh, man. Hey, Palmdale might be closer to Sacramento than it is Los Angeles, so <laughs> it works. If I'm going to sell all the Brooklyn stock, I'm going to take all those shares, and I'm going to take that money that I made, and I'm going to put it into all of Philly stock. Yes. Whoa. I'm so yes. all Me over too. the Philadelphia 76ers this year. Waz, were we a year early on the on the Sixers? Were we hipster <laughs> this thing? They they burned me too bad, bro. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I'm I'm done with Philly. Well, they actually have a basketball team now instead of just a collection of parts. I think they're going to be a lot better and they were already you know, they weren't awful last year. 
I'm no, buying. I'm I, buying the Nets stock. No, I'm buying. Get out of here, man. Man, Kevin, like I'm just gonna. Get, I'm just gonna <laughs> hope that Kevin Durant is himself again, and I'll ride with that. I look. It's. I also believed in Philly last year. So what the fuck do I know? But <laughs> I think I'm in on this Nets team. I would take the Nets stock. Oh, wow. I was going to say over the Sixers stock. I don't know if I believe that. Ah, fuck it. I'll take the Nets stock <laughs> over the Sixers stock. As dumb as that may sound, Tom. Yeah, as as much as we just, just ragged on Kyrie and the whole combustibility of that situation, I I just don't like the Ben and Joel thing. I, I'm just not into it. And, you know, I'd be happy to be wrong about it. I just, if they make a move, if they got James Harden in there, I'd be back on board. I just don't like the mix of Ben and Joel just as, you know, your primary resources for quality offense. I'm just, I'm off it, man. They also right. downgraded in talent. I know they fit a lot better now, but to go from Josh Richardson to Seth Curry, who's a way better fit, but he's he's not as talented. But you lose Al Horford, who even though he wasn't a good fit, like he's still got a some some left as a player. They're they're not as talented now. They're not like a sheer talent team. But and, Jay, didn't didn't the Celtics lose talent like a, an off season ago? Oh, absolutely. And get better, right? Yes. Like I mean, it can't that can work. Like I'm not saying you're wrong here in terms of the. Talent, I think they'll but, like, be better, but I don't yeah. think they'll they're like East favorites. No, 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 no. That's definitely the Miami Heat. I just think I think Seth Curry. <laughs> uh, I think Seth Curry is a star amplifier because of his shooting is so good, so good. He's not JJ Redick with the with the dribble handoffs and stuff with with Embiid. But if you look at his numbers with Damian Lillard in in Portland, yeah. and if you look last year with Luca and and Kristaps, like he amplifies other stars because they can't help off of him. And so I think when you look at Seth Curry's deficiencies, they're very much compensated by the fact that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are elite defensive players. And so if you're going to pick a team to put Seth Curry, who is an all-time great shooter, who doesn't play much defense at all, you're putting him on the Sixers. Like you're putting him on a team that has shown they have two guys who, if they are applied defensively and involved defensively, they're elite and Seth Curry, it does the one thing that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid need, which is to shoot the lights out. And so when you look at the uh, when you look at their offensive rating, when they had JJ Redick on the floor and Jimmy Butler on the floor, of course Jimmy Butler, there's no Jimmy Butler on this team right now. But when this team is surrounded by shooters, like they are great offensively. And so that's what Daryl Morey did this offseason was like, let's get shooting, 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 and more shooting. And I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they – I know this is going to okay, probably okay, be – Okay, okay, okay. Two just years realized, ago. I just realized why Tom is on this Oh, team. no. I just <laughs> – it just all just no, clicked listen, he's uh, right though. Two years ago – It all just clicked Two years me. ago, Ben <laughs> and Joel together on the court were like plus 9.5 per I, 100 possessions. Last year on. it was plus 4.5. I mean there was a big – Big drop when they lost that shooting. I'm not going to let Waz throw Tom under the bus yeah, here. Don't do Waz, this, Waz is the ultimate panderer <laughs> when it came to Daryl Morey. No one has ever pandered as hard to Demo as Waz. We're not going to get Yes, I'm a Tom fraud. Yes, I know. I am a fraud. <laughs> Yo, I, I, I right, think, so here's a little I story. We had, a- we had Daryl Morey on the pod a couple years ago, and <laughs> Waz, we were getting ready for it, and Waz had been like trashing Daryl Morey. Uh, on our pod for like weeks 
just killing the Rockets, killing Del Amore's like analytics, like whole money ball thing. And I was like, yo, Waz, just, just, we got Daryl Morey on the show. Just take it easy on him. And I was a little worried. I was a little worried for, for Waz, Wozney Lambray and Daryl Morey on the same pod. I thought it was just going to be And then what happened? And then what happened? What happened was you were his agent. <laughs> you were talking up there. Oh, I was reading this book by Michael Lewis. And on this page, it was like, oh, the, oh, you know, Daryl, I just thought, you know, you're just light years ahead of everybody. You're just like, you're, you're you were you were his agent. Oh, you were talking goodness. him up, yeah. and and Daryl, I, I think at one point was like, "Who who are you again?" Like, was I like this guy? And he I was followed like, me on Twitter for like three days. <laughs> yeah, but then once you once you slander the rocket, it will just once, then that follow yeah. goes away. Trust me. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. It was an amazing heel yeah. turn. Is is was was just <laughs> killing this dude. I can sense Tom being like, "Wait, what the fuck is going on?" Right now? <laughs> <laughs> So when you're coming at me because I'm 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 pro Sixers because now they got Daryl Morey, man. Man, that's gonna backfire. Big time. Shouts to to Demo, my my former Twitter friend, man. So he's not following me. I'm gonna take it back to actual basketball talk for a second. (laughs) Yes, do that. I I think I think the the greatest benefit to building a roster that actually makes sense with the shooting around those guys is you get to see whether Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can coexist. And I think this is a trial run for those guys. Like, maybe they don't have enough talent as, around those guys to win a championship, but you get to see whether they can coexist and whether accentuated by the right pieces, they can work. And I, I think they can, but they were never going to with the roster that was built last season. And now now they get a chance to see, like, okay – is is this a long term solution, or or are we ultimately going to have to trade one of these guys? And like that's fair. That's fair that like yeah. they haven't won a championship yet. So when you're dealing with two superstars or star players, what if you if you quibble with the idea of Ben Simmons or Jalen being being a superstar? But like that's true for a lot of duos in the league. And and let's not forget they went to those those uh, bounces off the rim with Kawhi Leonard in a game seven of the eventual NBA champions from moving on to the next round. So the idea that they can't coexist and win games, I think we've seen them coexist and they went toe to toe with the eventual champions. Maybe you want to quibble with the fact that they won a championship against the Warriors that were depleted without Kalei Thompson and, and Kevin Durant, but still like we know that they are, are, they are up there with the elite of the elite in the playoffs and it didn't work out for them because of that, that, that bounce. Man, if they so, won that game, I wonder how Mike Budenholzer blows that series against the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what I mean, that looks like. <laughs> like we, we've seen Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid thrive together. We have. It just was a couple years ago with J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler. Um, can they do it again? We'll see, but I'm betting on it. I think that I'm, I'm high on the 76ers this year because they have a core that have played together. They know what they're doing, and I think they have the right pieces around them to make a run this year. And you can get more analysis like that from Tom Haberstroh's podcast. The Haberstroh Show or the Haber Show? It we started out, out as the Haberstroh Show, and there yeah. was a Kyrie-like army, like Waz was describing earlier, that was like, how could you not call it the Haber Show? And I was like, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. So we changed it to the Haber Show. So the Haber Show, wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, now if you got <laughs> Stromile Swift to be your co-host, would it be the Haber Stro Show? Um, 
Um, that is a great question. Stro. <laughs> it's like Mike and Mike. We just go Stro and Stro. Yeah, Stro and Stro. There you go. We can check that out wherever you find podcasts, just like you can do that with this podcast, The Athletic NBA Show, and No Dunks, and all of our team-specific shows right there on The Athletic Podcast Network. Find them anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for joining us. What a what a delightful buddy to have on this basketball edition. Hey, thanks for having me. For, uh, for Trey, for Waz, for Dave, for Jay, for Tom, for Jade, I'm Zach. Keep it locked in on The Athletic. Thank you.